Hey, you found episode three, season two of the Life Encouraged podcast. We're going to continue a very important conversation, a difficult one, but an important one. Let's go. Welcome to the Life Encouraged podcast, where we talk to real people who've overcome real life failures and adversities. Their stories will motivate, inspire, and encourage you. And now, your host, Dave Avery. This is part two of an episode titled, You Don't Get Over It, You Just Get Through It, a conversation with Tim and Tammy who lost their 17-year-old son to bone cancer. Today, we're going to look at two questions. Question number one is, how do you respond to your children, your other children in the household? How do you walk through this tragedy with them, live it with them when they've lost their sibling? And the second question is, if you're on the outside of this family unit, how should people react to you when they see you in public? How should they respond to you after the tragedy? Two great questions. So lean in as we continue our conversation. Welcome to this episode of the Life Encouraged podcast. We are joined once again for the second part of our conversation with Tim and Tammy Borbeau. Hello. Hello. If you have not heard uh, the first episode of this conversation, you don't get over, you just get through. I tell you right now, hit, hit stop and go back and listen to the first episode with Tim and Tammy and our conversation together. Um, we've been talking about a very difficult subject, and that's the loss of a child. Their son, Timothy, um, passed away at uh, not even 18 years old, of cancer. And I will restate emphatically, I hate cancer. And if I wasn't a Christ follower, I would add a a hashtag to that, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Yeah, we loathe it pretty much, too. Yeah, I have nothing good to say about it. So in this part of our conversation today, I want to hit two different areas of your journey that I think our listeners will be able to resonate and connect with. And the first is this, you have other children. Yes. So as Timothy was diagnosed, you said it happened so quickly, the, the, just his physical condition was degraded so rapidly, he was losing weight, you knew something was wrong. As Once he received that diagnosis, now how do you process that with his, his siblings? Your other children are, were how old at the time? Oh gosh. <laughs> well, it was so it was 2 years ago when he passed. So Josh was about 13. Lily was uh tw- 11, 11 and 12 and then Sienna was about 10. Yeah. Wow, so right around that right around that 11, same age yeah. get, you know, young teen, preteen. Yes. Yes. Okay, so how do you where hormones are starting to rage anyway, they're starting to, you know, <laughs> I was I was Timothy's junior high pastor, and it was like, <laughs> boy, there were times where those kids were just like, who is this kid? He came in, he was all loving, he was nice, and then, you know, 30 minutes later, not Timothy per se, but some of them, man, they just, they were, you're trying to navigate life at that moment, and you're, you're dealing with your own hormones and stuff. So how, as parents, do you approach that with, with those younger We're siblings? still learning. <laughs> we are learning, and at the time... 
when this all came down and, and when Tim was diagnosed, we're not the type of parents to sugarcoat things, you know, so we felt it would be best just to tell them and tell them the seriousness of it. And, uh, you know, and then not to be completely scared of it because we still had hope. Always we still had, had yeah, we still had hope that, that the Lord would come through and heal Tim. And we believe that and we wanted them to believe that too. But we did tell them the seriousness of it right off the bat so they understood because they were going to see a lot of changes in Tim's life and just in his, just in Tim himself that they would not understand. And I think that helped them. It actually helped them to understand more and they became even caregivers for him when he was home. Yeah, they grew up. They grew up a little bit in that time because they had to cook for themselves, clean for themselves. They did. Mm-hmm. They had to grow up a quicker. So you would say then the best approach for a parent would be to be honest and forthright and yes, truthful I, I, about it. I say be honest with them and in, in take your time. I mean, I you don't have to rush into it, but I would say be honest because they're going to see things and they're going to know. And if they if you don't tell them they're not going to understand and they might not come to you to ask those questions and what's going on. But it gives them the ability to at least figure out, you know, if they should be praying for him, uh, if they should be talking to him about it, you know, and they're not afraid to do those things at that point. I believe that helped. Yeah, I'll, th- I'll throw this out there as well. I-, I would believe that being that open and honest with your kids, one's a teen, a, teen, a young teen, the other two are preteens, that it opens up a, a channel of communication with them. You want your kids to come to you with anything. Sure. You want Absolutely. them, I, last thing you want are kids to learn everything they want to learn from, from somebody else because they just don't feel like they can come to mom and dad. Yeah. So would I be correct in saying that by doing that, it, it helps to establish a bridge yes. for them to... Because they know, they they understand the reality of things and the fact that mom and dad were so open, didn't hide, didn't cover this up, and we found out some other way. So, you know, if you're listening, there's a, you know, there's a couple things in there, there's a couple nuggets in there, uh, if your kids are that age. Um, so how did they respond when they heard it? Did you, first off, did, did you talk to all three of them together, or did you... Speak to him one on one. Well, we had an adult daughter also that was okay. married with a child, so we um, we had to deal with that aspect of it too. She flew up, um, so she was there when uh, we revealed the information um, to all yeah. of them. It yeah. was all at the same time. All at the same okay. time. And we just sat him down and just talked to him, and at, but looked at him face to face as we did that. You know, and, and it was very emotional for them. You know, they know this is their brother and, and all that stuff of, you know, your sibling rivalries and all that. That's all out the window at that point because right. they realize it, this is something different, you know. And um, it, and it to me, I think it might have even worked better doing it with everybody than just the one-on-one because at least at that point. Because they have each other. Yeah, they and they'd feel more comfortable with each other knowing that we've told everybody the same thing. Yeah, that, I think that's wonderful that you were, you know, that open and, and honest with them from the beginning of the seriousness of this because, yeah. as you said, right from the, even before he was given a, like a, a terminal 
diagnosis. I mean, the seriousness of that, you said it was in his lungs. Ewing sarcoma? And yeah. he had 20%. 20%. With right, treatment. Right, with treatment, right from best case, 20%. Right. Yes. So, and you, you explained that to your kid. Your, yes, we did. You know, his siblings and, yeah. And then just the, the fact they were able to not just grow up in the sense of do some things for themselves, but also be there for him. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, walk with their brother through a lot of things and support him through some things. They saw a lot of things, too, because at that time, the, it started off where the kids were home most of the day, but there were many times where they were in the hospital, and, and Tammy would stay at the hospital with Tim, and this could go on 30 days at a time. So constantly I would be going home after work or I would go to go to the hospital I'd spend the time there then I would go home to the kids after that and then towards the end more bef- you know at the end of his treatment we ended up the kids would go up there all day and then I would go up there after work and then I would sit with them all day that or all evening we I know about, yeah yeah and they were able to spend the day with us they were really big on keeping the family together which was good yeah so they and so they did see a lot. They saw him go through a lot. Josh was definitely one. He stepped up and pretty much took it on, you know, brought him wherever he needed to go. And they he, were best friends. Yeah, yeah, they were. So in our last conversation, you guys had mentioned how your faith was everything through this, from beginning to end, still now. Um through the healing process without without your faith in Christ it would have been how are your how are your kids doing because i i want to be real here and i don't want to give a i don't want to give our listeners a fake picture of of this it affects everyone and it affects everyone differently and everyone has to process through you know i'm sure you'd love to say yeah all our kids are but yeah. would it be accurate to say that you know you've that some are doing better than than others that some are are really kind of maybe struggling and tr- still trying to process through the whys, process through the, you know, in their own faith? Would that? It is. And, you know, we, each kid is doing something that they feel that Tim has said, you know, stick to your calling, you know, and they're each doing that. Um, Josh has struggled a lot. You know, that was his only brother. Um, he's he is angry. He's he, still he, angry he, at God, and he's angry yeah. at God. Yeah, you know, and we're trying to get through that. That process has really come out even more now, um, and, and we're we're trying to get through that, and we're trying to explain to him that we understand, you know, it, that you're angry, and there's things we don't understand that God does, and we want to we want him to realize that. And, and work through it and process that. And so, I mean, we are dealing with that right now. Um, well, as a former youth pastor, I just want to encourage you that it'll happen. <laughs> you know, and it might just be he'll just wake up one day and go and see it for what it is. Sure. But your consistency, you know, as, as just through it all, not meaning that, that you handled everything the way, you, you know, no, no parent could handle everything just you know, without incident, without, you know, in a perfect way, I guess is what I'm searching for the the right terms. But your consistency and and even in questioning yourselves and, and Tim being angry at God yourself for a period of time, sure. your consistency is what will 
open his eyes one day and he'll realize this is not just some fad. This is not just, you know, just something, you know, that we just do. This is life. Like my relationship with God has to be the priority. That's the thing that's going to get me through other issues in life. And so I do believe I'm not just, you know, blowing smoke. (laughs) You know, I'm telling you, I do believe that that consistency in his parents, in his family unit, and seeing, you know, even in Tim, his faith right to the end, his trust in God's plan right to the end will have its impact on him. And uh, so just, you know, be encouraged. I want to encourage you guys. And and also I want to bring that, the reason I bring that up, and I know it's a little difficult, but there might be listeners going, well, gee, you know, that sounds like they got the, you know, Ward Cleaver and, you know, the, yeah. no, no, not that at all. Real life is messy. Yeah. Sure. And that's one of the reasons I want to have the conversation. And I so appreciate you guys, you know, being will, willing to, to have this really tough conversation of, Processing through the loss of a child, um, as I said last episode, we're not wired to bury our kids. Even if they're adults and we're older, it, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And so um, I, I commend you for that. And I do, I do believe that, you know, he's going to realize that that faith and, and, and it's okay to process through those emotions with God. He's a big God. It is. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest thing is just validating their feelings. Yeah. Because his feelings are his. God already, and I tried to explain that to all of them. God already knows how you feel. He knows how we feel. And all we can do is bring it to him. That's part of having a relationship with the Lord. This is a real life issue that happened to us. We have no control over it. There's nothing we can do about it. We just have to work together to try to get through it. And we mess up sometimes every day, you know, but we just keep pushing forward and you just, you just have to keep. That's so good. Affirming where each of those children are at, because they're all different places and they're all going to process through, you know, the loss differently and in different ways. Uh, So you affirm whatever emotions they're going through, you know, I would think, you know, the, the wrong approach would be, you know, how can you be angry at God? His plan is perfect. I mean, no, that's not the, you know, you affirm them because it's a very real hurt. It's a very real loss. It's a very real pain what your entire family is going through. So that is great advice for the listeners who, um, you know, who have other children. And I think for me, like when Tim was talking For me, I was at a place where, you know, there's so much coming at you that where where else can you go but on your knees and cry out to God? And I would have to say, God, please take care of my children because I can't be there for them emotionally right now. I'm dealing with this in the hospital. He's leaving at 4 a.m. I mean, it's back and forth, the separation. There's just, there were so many things coming at us that, we really had to trust in God to even take care of our kids, you know, because what else are they going to do? And I can't be in two places at once. So, yeah. All right. So let's segue now to the second part of our conversation. And the second part of this is, is something that I, I see done wrong all the time. And so... 
how should people respond to parents who have suffered the loss of a child? Now, I'm even referring to it doesn't matter church or or not church. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and usually it's the bad and the ugly that is most common. So as parents who are still going through this, what would you say to the listener who goes, I don't know what to say. I have friends that, that have gone through this. What do I say? What, what do I do? One of the hardest things to do is to relate yourself to somebody else's pain, unless you've been through it. So what I've noticed and what is affirming and what makes me feel, I guess, better in a situation is just being there. Mm-hmm. You know, coming up and saying, hey, how you doing today? You might not understand it, but just by asking, just asking alone is comforting to somebody that has lost, in, in any type of loss, but especially as a chi- if you've lost a child, because, I mean, you don't know what to say to somebody. Yeah. You know, yeah. even us going through it, sometimes we don't, we might not say the right things, because that's a hard situation to have to deal with, and just being there to say, hey... I'm here for you. A hug, a handshake, you know, just I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you right now, you know. And that's, that's most of the time that's what what's really going to work, I believe, uh, to appease a situation or to comfort the situation and comfort a person through that. Yeah, I think presence is the absolute most important thing. Even if you don't say anything. Yeah. Just to be present. Just uh just a hug, just to be present. Yeah. You know, I've I've seen situations where actual words have been spoken that actually hurt and damage. You know, sometimes if the person's a Christ follower, they feel like, oh, I'm gonna Google verses for comfort or whatever. Please don't do that. <laughs> if you're listening and don't do that. Shut the computer off, shut Google off, and just go be present. You know, parents that are are processing through the loss of a child don't need you to rattle off five well-known, most popular Bible verses for the loss of a child. Am I right? Can I just be blunt? Don't do that. Just be present. Just love on them. Be present. If you haven't gone through it, you'll never understand it. You know, I, I lost my brother when he was 21. He was my brother. I've I've lost many people close to me, but I've never buried a child. And I see, you know, my, my brother would be 50, I think. And there are still things that will come up, certain situations or smells or memories that, that my mom will will break down because of, of her memory of John. And so I'll say the second part of this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... Is that even though we all have to move forward and we all have to continue in life, don't forget those who've suffered loss. Because what I see is in, a, in an age where everything's instantaneous, instantaneous communication, information with technology, it's all now, 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 here and now, and, and it's like a news cycle. Life is like a news cycle, but life is not a news cycle. So don't treat uh, your friends especially your friends who suffered such a tragedy like a news cycle. 
If you see them in church, go over and hug them. I'm not patting myself on the back, but that I'll, sometimes I'll just see you guys and I'll just go over. And I, again, there's no words that need to be spoken. It's just, no, you know, if you need something, you've got my number. You know, and then I'm, I'm still praying for you. I still care about you guys. And so I want to encourage the listener that that if you've if you you're not the person who's been through it, or even if you are, and there's another family you know then firsthand how important it is to have people not forget. Yeah. And obviously you never forget. You never get over. And and, and so uh, let me hop up on my soapbox because then that, that's another thing is don't act like when you interact with. Um, you know, with parents who have lost a child, well, you know, it's been a year, it's been two years, you know, you're doing good now or six months even. That is callous, that is heartless, and that shows to me that you have no clue what it's like. But I see it. Don't do it if you're listening. (laughs) This is life encouraged, but I'm encouraging you now to don't do something that's stupid. (laughs) Be encouraged in that. Don't do it. Am I, you know, it's just, and again, we're not going to see you both are shaking your heads. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. You well, know, don't, the, don't act because you just don't know. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things too, is to let us and people who have lost a child still talk about them. Don't be uncomfortable because when you have a child, you're proud of your children. You want to talk about your children just because Timothy's in heaven I still want to talk about him. I want people to know about him. I still have five children. That doesn't change because one's in heaven. So I think that's another big one is people who have lost a child is to let them, don't be uncomfortable when they talk about their child. Because it's that's like asking you to stop loving your child. And I, I truly believe that's all grief is. It's just lost love. That's just love that's not tangible there anymore. That's good. So. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I really wanted to touch base on that because it is something that that folks don't know how they should interact or or respond to parents who've been through it. And, and, um, you know, Timothy, as we talked, you know, quite a bit at length in our first conversation was selfless was all about other people, was all about, you know, everyone else. And he did leave a legacy. You know, his legacy was in his, his make-a-wish for for game stations and, and pediatric oncology units, 22 of them. And, and even the people there was, you know, an interview. Um, I, was that interview by a, a, a local TV station originally that was in the Channel hospital? Five. It was Channel, Fox News. Yeah. Fox News, Channel yeah. 5 there Five. in Virginia. Mm-hmm. has almost 23 million views. Yes. And uh, where, where, if, somebody, if a listener wanted to find that, where would they be able to find it? Do you know what it would be under? You um, can find it under on YouTube um, under Tim's Wish. Timothy's I think it's even Wish. on Facebook. You can it just say Timothy's Timothy. Borbos or even Timothy Make a Wish, usually it comes up. Timothy so, Make a Wish, yeah. yeah. 23. So that's a legacy. Yes. Because 23 million people have watched that, and many, perhaps some of them. Reached out, yeah. Yeah. All around the world. Yeah. And they're like, wow, what a heart. And then you hear the testimony yeah. of it. It wasn't just that Timothy was a good kid, but Timothy had a strong faith in his God. 
He had a strong faith in Jesus Christ that got him through. And even though, you know, our hope was his healing on this side of eternity, we know he's no longer in pain and he's more healthy than he's ever been. (laughs) Yes, he is. Where he's at right now. And so we celebrate that, don't we? We celebrate the memories. We cherish the memories. I cherish the memories uh, that I I have with him. And um, we never forget. We never forget. So, again, I thank you. Tim, Tammy, so much for joining me for these two conversations that I know haven't been easy, but I know even more so will be very helpful for people who are listening. People have wondered, how do I navigate this situation? Maybe you're even going through the same thing. And again, that's part of Timothy's legacy. Yes, it is. And we celebrate that. So again, if you you want to help carry on that legacy, there are a couple foundations that that uh, you personally were blessed by. What were those those foundations that, that helped you through the process? Um, Still Brave. Still Brave, S-T-I-L-L-B-R-A-V-E. Yep, and uh, Special Love. And Special Love, okay. And One Million for Anna. One Million for Anna, A-N-N-A? Yep. Okay, awesome. Great organizations out there. But the key, again, even with all the organi- organizations and and friends and family can support you. The key is that is that faith in Christ that gets you through. Yes, you know that is that one thing that never wavers, never changes. And um, I want to encourage you if you're listening to this and and you're not a Christ follower to 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 find that faith for yourself because there's nothing like it. That's right. Thank you guys again for joining me, and listeners. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Remember, you don't get over; you just get through. I'm dedicating these last two episodes of the Life Encouraged podcast to the memory of Timothy Jack Borbeau Jr. Timothy is greatly missed and loved, but he remains in our hearts and our minds. And we are encouraged by the fact that we will see Timothy again one day. Thanks for listening to the Life Encouraged podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us. Also share on social media so others can find Life Encouraged.